Alexander Grieb. I am the Customer Advisory Lead S4HANA Strategy at SAP and you are listening to the SAP Experts Podcast. It's now five years after the initial release of S4HANA and it's interesting to see that still some are unsure about the do's and don'ts when approaching S4HANA. And this is not only about adopters, but I talk about partners and ourselves at SAP and I'm straight looking at sales, pre-sales and value engineers. That's why I sat together with Mr. William Bill Bowers, Global Vice President of Solution Management S4HANA at SAP to discuss not only the top three common mistakes made while approaching S4HANA, but also the best practices for a pragmatic approach that helps you and your customers to find a common understanding in your individual case for your intelligent ERP initiative. Sounds like a school lesson? No, believe me. Discussions with Bill are always very entertaining and fun and this episode is no difference because that's what's going to happen here on this episode of the SAP Expert Podcast. Hi, Bill. Hello, Alexander. Great to have you because we are talking today about a topic which is still heavily discussed in the SAP ecosystem even in the year five after the launch of our intelligent ERP. And this is not only among partners and, and customers, but also among SAP itself. And um, our goal today can be like to end the mother of all discussions. So we are asking ourselves, what is the right approach to S4 and what is not? And to start off with that, how do you perceive the situation? Um, is the question, should a customer move to S4HANA at all still relevant or has this already been answered? No, I, I don't think it's a question, should customers move to S4? I think that's a clear um, yes, right? And, and most CIOs that I meet with, they clearly understand that they have to take advantage of the 10,000x of computing power since R3 or, or since ACC. Um, you know, the real question is, um, why do we do it? And then how do we approach it in a manner that's right for our business or right for our customer's business? And, and do you think this value is now, like five years after we started this, um, individually easily perceived? Or is it still something where the discussions are running? Uh, it is the discussion. It is yeah. the question of our customers, right? And, and how they define the incremental value specifically to them mm -hmm. on why to move from ECC to S4 or to their existing ERP solution to an intelligent ERP is, is the number one question. So um, talking about the feedback that you receive Mm -hmm. from our customers. Um, do they say like we are now, it's now for us easier to understand like maybe like two years ago before because maybe like uh, gaps are closed on a functional level or is this more like a strategic value discussion what you lead in most of the cases? Yeah, it's definitely not easy for them to answer. And, and I think that it's based on a couple of things. One, we have to look at that our S4HANA solution has matured. We're in the, as you said, the fourth going on the fifth year, right? And so the reality is the, the capabilities that our, in, our customers in different, different industries needs is in the product, is in the solution. So there's no question, is it the right time to move? What is really the question is looking at their existing 
ECC, looking at it by particular business area, and how we and our partners actually engage with the customers to help them understand what is the incremental value to move to, to this new, new solution. That's really the question. And I presume that, that you are not always happy about the way it, we and our partners and uh, the whole ecosystem interacts because we will do later something like a game where we talk about your personal, um, let's say, do's and don'ts in the approach to S4. Um, but where do you see the role of our partners and what are your expectations to partners? Yeah, so partners, number one, uh, have to pay a huge role as we transition our customers to, to S4. And, and they have to drive you know, 70 to 80% of the implementations, and they have to drive, in my opinion, almost 90% of the engagements with the, our customers and with business to get them to help them understand why to move, not just to S4, but to the intelligent enterprise. And, and so the expectations we have on partners is really a mindset and a yeah. mind shift change, right? They have to change the way in which they've traditionally thought about big projects, the big bang, and to how do we actually drive more outcome-based discussions with customers and how do we drive a more phased approach over time, right? And, and how do they actually invest in their people and, and their resources and their the processes that they use to engage with customers to actually drive that different engagement with, 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 our, with our customers. And that, that's very important. Yeah. What you said now, I think is a quite a good message because um, by giving or partners seeing themselves as the guide, not just the implementer, but as the guide and guiding um, customers through this journey by focusing them on the strategic values, like focusing on benefits and so on, and not being just the implementer, can also be something like a um, point of uh, differentiation between them and being something like a strategic advantage over other partners where they can like distinguish from them in that way. Yeah, with, without a doubt. And, and, I, and I think you know, it requires um, an investment on SAP side, right? Because we have to, we have to give them the underlying tools and, and capabilities to, to actually drive that higher level change management discussion because at the end of the day we're the solutions provider and there should be the change management driver but we have to harmonize our um, engagement with the customer and, and what we do and what the partner does and, and we rely heavily on, on, on them for that, that, that. Are you happy with the way we interact with our partners or how we brief or talk about talk with our partners about the topics? No, because I think right now we're focusing a lot on the how discussion, right? And it's a lot of times I call it the how chasing your, your tail or the how circular train, right? And you know, because a lot of our customers, they, they love their ECC solution, they, they've customized it, they're asking, okay, why do I change it? And, and it's hard for them to change, right? And our customers a lot of times, or excuse me, our partners a lot of times, um, kind of feed into that discussion with the customers. And they, uh, a lot of times, um, even make the, the transition harder for customers because they're focused a lot and too much often on the how discussion. How do I move? D what level of customization do I move? Do I do, I do a, a, a net new project versus a conversion, right? These are all important questions, but we're spending way, way too much time and effort 
in one critical thing without really understanding the why yeah. that, that is there. And you, you're taking a very relevant point, which is for me personally very important because I was, for example, um, heavily involved in the last months in partner enablements and so on. And I, I asked our teams like, um, are you really happy by talking to our partners the way we did? Because we were talking to them in most of the cases like customers. Like we were pitching our products to them if they were customers. And I did never see the point in that really because they are not supposed to buy them in a way our customers would do. But in, I will use something of a, of a, of a dangerous wording now. Mm. In a certain way, they are more of a partners in crime with us yes. because they, are, they should be like our longer arms. Um, and uh, in that way, we should talk to them like we talk to our consultants or like we talk to our value engineers or like we talk to our own sales guys and not like we talk to our customers because they need to know the best practices and the do's and don'ts and so on because how can we expect if we don't tell them that they can um, translate this to the customers. Yeah, and, and I think it's um, what we have to establish with our partners is what I'll call a, a, a customer engagement model for the 2020s plus, right? And, and that is really delivering on this helping customers to discover value that's relevant for them in the context of their immediate business needs and future business needs, but also to make sure that they realize the value and then they continually optimize the value, right? And then we've, we've traditionally talked about that as SAP at a high level, that that's our goal is to drive this continuous value management and continuous value delivery for customers. But we don't live it. And, and what we have to do now with our partners is we, we truly have to live that because the expectations on our IT, friends in IT, the CIO, is that they are accountable a lot more to the business than they ever have been. And they're not just accountable on yearly increments, they're accountable on quarterly increments of what are you doing to help to drive and improve our business on a quarterly basis. And, and they're under the pressure now to, to really quantify that and to, to, to state the strategic value that they're delivering to the company as well, right? And so we owe it to our customers to be able to provide that type of um, information uh, uh, throughout their journey with, with SAP and our partners. But, but that also means, of course, that um, we can have the expectations to our partners to be very self-confident in regards to ourselves as SAP because they know their individual customers, of course, and their situations better than we do because they're interacting with them each day. So they should be self-confident to go to the big mothership of SAP, the OAM, and telling to them like, our customers are like this and that. And so we expect from you to be able to deliver A, B, C, D, E. And I think this is a message which really is very important in my, my expectation because to be successful, this cannot be something like a one-way route. Yeah. I, I totally agree. I mean, there's, there's, there's two areas, right? One is really listening to our partners on what is really relevant for the customers mm -hmm. today, right? And and you know, a lot of times when I'm, I'm meeting with, with customers, they talk about us positioning SAP strategy to build an intelligent enterprise. And, and they'll joke around about, is our current processes are not intelligent? Is that what yeah. you're saying? Yeah. You wanna, you, am, am I dumb? Am, question I, mark? am, I, am I dumb? <laughs> question mark, right? And 
I think the other thing I'm hearing you know, from customers is we, a lot of times they're talking at too high a level, right? The only example that any 90% of SAP and our partners can give is capa, cash application management for doing invoice matching. It, and, and that's the intelligent innovation that 90% people hi highlight, right? What we need to do is get down to a, a, a very tangible end-to-end -end process level with, with our customers and those par our partners are having those discussions, right? And we, we need to listen to our partners, what discussions they're having with the customers at that process level. And then we need to provide them the right, just in time innovations that are relevant for the customer, right? I'll give you an example, right? A lot of times when, you're, uh, when, I, when I talk to S4 customers, I ask them, have you seen the procurement or finance dashboards? And a lot of them look at me like, I'm from another planet, and they say, what are you talking about? I've never seen the procurement dashboard. And I'm, I'm like, okay, you haven't seen a basic innovation of Fury, a basic innovation of S4. And which, they've seen the cash application. Yeah, <laughs> and, and we're talking about the cash application, yeah. right? And so I think that's, our, our partners are really looking to SAP to say, okay, guys, we're having real discussions at a real end yeah. process level. Can you make it meaningful? Yeah. And, and, and so that I have what I need to have those discussions versus the discussions of where the company may want to be, you know, in two to three years once they actually mature some of their core core processes. And uh, I, I once once um, was taking the picture of the cash application case is um, similar to Hotel California on classic rock radio. <laughs> you hear it is so often yeah, that it loses basically his value yes. and um, that's, that's what really should be able to do like talking to customers individually individual to their situation first listen I think that's what quite often is uh, done far not enough listen to the situation and then based on this builds really an individual case for them and not like going to them open up like our bomb what do we have what do you want yeah Yeah, and, and you know, I got some feedback from a very strategic uh, partner of, of, of SAP, and they basically, as I said, said that we're kind of selling at a high level mm -hmm. to to our, our to our customers, and and when we actually got down and said, okay, well, let's not look at just the cash application application or software, right? The, this in innovation, they and we showed them how we're looking at the entire uh, invoice fulfillment. Mm -hmm steps for customers and then we're looking at that and analyzing by each step what is the right innovation that you apply for that step of the process right and then when we had that discussion and we showed that where we are on the journey at a process level and adding innovations that are relevant at each stage they said okay SAP's finally getting it <laughs> you guys are finally getting down to a level that's meaningful. As much as this, this example that you brought is itching me to go a little bit deeper into it, I want to keep it a little bit back because otherwise we go already into that, let's say, the common mistakes and the don'ts when yep. approaching S4 HANA. I want to like um, pull, pull this up again like in a few minutes. But before we do that, uh, we've talked about the partners, but what are the roles of our sellers, our account executives, our consultants, value engineers, pre-seller, whatever. What are your expectations and your messages to them? Yeah, I think the biggest message and clear message is we have to stop selling, yeah. right? And we have to start leading the customer buying cycle, right? And, and what that means is um, 
the customer buying cycle starts before they're wanting to buy, quote, software, right? It starts by them wanting to understand what is their strategic drivers and what are, why should they change and why should they do anything, right? And I think that's the, the, the first and foremost thing that has to be established is if you, if you establish that strategic driver, like, you know, I've worked with a, a company in Asia and they were opening up retail outlets, you know, all, all across Indonesia. That's a big deal if they don't have current retail outlets, right? And so that strategic driver obviously drives implications to the, the IT landscape that they need, right? And so I think that's the first thing is stop selling, lead the, the customer buying cycle, and then, you know, also drive that same mindset change that we talked about is critical for, for, for um, partners, that this is not a, the, the customer engagement is not done when the deal is done. Yeah. It's, it's continual, and it's something that we need to drive uh, on a um, continual basis and view customer success as a, not an ending stage. It's a continual engagement, right? And that's the biggest um, thing I say I think that we need to realize internally at SAP. So I think now would be the right moment when we already started talking about this. Like, what are your, let's say, common mistakes while approaching S4HANA and we can talk about this the way like from a perspective of as well as sellers, consultants, partners and customers alike. What are your don'ts? Yeah, I think the the, the biggest mistake I see um, in CIOs initially making is they try to make the move to S4 a IT simplification discussion, oh, yes. right? And they they want, they so believe that they do need to move, even though they love their ECC, but they try to do it without getting business buy-in and business support. And that usually is a, 90% um, of the time is a, is a failing proposition for those CIOs. And, and I've had CIOs approach me and say, you know, Bill, we've already bought the software, but we've lost yeah. business support. Or yeah. we're trying to get the justification and the IT simplifications are not strong enough from yeah. a return standpoint. So that's the biggest number one. Definitely, because uh, that's also what I am always saying. Um, it is not an IT discussion. It is a business discussion. This may be, and then we're back at, let's say, our partners and our sellers and consultants, this may be a little bit new to us because that's not how we used to work in the past because the IT is our comfort zone. Yeah, In the typical, let's say, SAP cliche, those are the friends. And uh, we like maybe overdone it so much that the customer even does not expect us to act any different and to go to business because we are already, always running in the IT area with our stuff. Um, but, you know, whenever you hear, like, an like, account executive complaining about um, a customer is seeing us or is seeing a software company just as a vendor and not as a strategic partner, the reason lies exactly just there, because we always talk or we, we tend to talk just with IT. Of course, you cannot do this in most of cases without IT, and you should not do it without the IT, but you should at first, like, at least stay to the idea that you will not leave them alone anymore when they then have to translate the SAP speech to business, but you will accompany them, you will take them, you will take them with you, um, but uh, you really have to link a discussion to, um, about S4HANA to the strategy, 
Yeah. This and, is the central problem. Yeah, and you just you just nailed the second problem, right? Is that we are having those IT discussions and we're not helping our friends in IT approach business and develop that that core reason of what I call the prioritized why, right? Because if we can go and really look at the the issues that the customers are having in their in their business, in their processes, and we can determine where that need is, right, it, 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 with their existing solutions, then we can start to say, okay, this is where S4 could potentially drive improvement for you, right? And, and what we need to do is get not us trying to pitch to them and tell them where the improvement is. We need to get the customer to basically self-discover, right, and, 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 and really start to prioritize the how discussion and the implementation plan on which business outcomes do I need first in which part of my business, which really leads to that digestible way in which they're going to, going to improve their business with SAP and our partners, right? And that, that's the critical part. Absolutely. And another aspect, um, which I think is very important, um, I think it was in episode five or six when you had Saskia Fontaneva of Innova be here, and she told about um, a public cloud S4 implementation or the way they do it now. And um, in many cases, IT is not even involved anymore. Yep. Yeah, they, she, she was, was telling about the DE case where she said we had one person from IT and this was a working student. The well, rest was all around business. Well, when you think about it, where customers are also wanting to go is they, they realize that a lot of their, their processes can be standard, yeah. right? Now, they obviously also want to differentiate in their core industry process, but a, a lot of the processes are standard. And if that's the case, then we can come in as SAP or partner and talk about these are the standard processes, these are the, the, the tried and true best practices, right? Now, are they... SAP's best practices? No, there are best practices that we've developed, you know, over the, the 47, 48 years that we've been working with customers, right? But these are the starting point. And then what, what that does is that simplifies their um, end landscape. And it also right-sizes based yeah. on parts of their business where they that's all they need, mm -hmm. right? And so, and that's one of the advantages when you look at, when you get down to that level of discussion is, we we can satisfy the specific needs of different parts of uh, parts of a business. Like we could do something differently for a subsidiary than you would do for headquarters, right? But you don't need to have that discussion of the how mm -hmm. until you determine what's the prioritization of of the of the why, right? But but you say now um, an, or a point which which leads to a situation which is not uncommon, like a customer is saying. Um, Dear SAP, I have to talk to you because of 2025, or now it's 2027, yep. slash 2030. And um, I have to talk to you. And so by that, the why in many cases is answered already. And we tend to then jump already into the how, but the why is answered in the worst possible way. You got it. I call yeah. it the black cloud, right? Yeah. We put a black cloud and we... we started the discussion on a negative um, um, on a negative level, right? And, and at Sapphire, I had probably 20 to 30 discussions, right? And I actually had five CIOs come up to me, not just one, but five, basically irritated at the approach that SAP was taking to the market. Now, and I think good for us, we've, we've modified that, and I think the, 
reality of the customer success that we're seeing and customers are seeing it is the right time to move, it is mature. I don't think we've, I think we've taken the focus not on a time frame of moving, but let's do the right thing for, for the business. And now's the time where, as we're saying, we're, we need to drive a somewhat, I'll call it prescriptive approach, because that's the other thing that customers are saying is like, we just want our business to operate, we want it to operate, and we want to continuously improve it, right? We expect you and your partners to, to tell us how we should do that efficiently so that we get rapid time to value, right? We do that at a, at a lower cost of implementation. And over time, we, we do that at, at, by reducing our total cost of ownership. That's a, something that you and your partners need to tell, tell us. We, we, we can't figure that out, right? What we can do is tell you where our business needs are, and you have to help us you know, with that, that really transition plan that we put in place. Absolutely, because I think, um, of course, like a, a applications like a car, it's like anything, it, it is at a, at a certain end of a life cycle. And um, it's, in my opinion, absolutely necessary to go now the next way. Um, but still, we should, when we are in that situation, like customers approached us with the primary reason, like the end of support, then we should not take this as, okay, happily, the question has been answered, and jump into the how discussion. But the clear message should be still, okay, dear customer, this is absolutely right, but I still want to talk with you about your strategic implications, the value, the, your individual situation where we can bring the best into the game for you and not right jump into like service A, B, C, D to, let's say, answer all the how questions there may be. Yeah, it, you know, one of the, the don'ts is let's not define a medicine or prescribe a medicine before we know what, what the Absolutely. illness is, right? I think Absolutely. that's, and we try to do that, right? We, yeah. we get into, oh, well, you want a cloud solution or you want that, right? And it's like, that's not what, what the, the customers are really needing. Now, at, there's a time for that discussion, but it's, it's after you've really understood what their, their strategic driver is and what are those key needs that are preventing them from getting yep. the strategic driver? I, I call it the 200,000 euro bottle of water, yep. right? You need that bottle of water if you're in the desert and you're dying of thirst, right? That, and that's where we have to focus the discussions with IT and business so that we drive that, that determination going into the, the how discussions. So having talked about the don'ts, um, you preferably come up with your, let's say, approach, calling it um, a pragmatic approach that yep. we should yep. prefer. What is pragmatic for you in these aspects? Yeah, so first off, it's, it's customer-centric, right? It's business outcome-based, right? And it's, it's really providing um, a way of engaging with customers on that life cycle that I talked about of discovery, realization, and optimization that enables them to basically get the value out of SAP um, in that manner, right? And it's how does SAP provide and empower with the right levels of services, engagement models, content, all integrated, right? Because that's the other thing I, I hear from customers is, and from partners is, you guys got so much stuff, yeah. and you've got so many th ways of having discussions, we just, don't know how to use it in the context of answering those key questions at the various stages that customers have, 
in a very simple and efficient way. You have to consult sometimes the customer about how to use the tools and services that are supposed to consult the customer about <laughs> the application. Exactly. Yeah. And that, that could take several days before we even get into yeah. how we're going to solve their business needs. Yeah, right? absolutely. Um, one, one absolute best practice is keep it simple. And in my opinion, too, keep it simple. It's not just like um, do a, a, a tool or a service for the sake of the tool or a service, but use a lot of unartificial intelligence to find out as much as needed about the individual situation your customers in and then do something like a wise pick of the few in that area relevant tools that really help you. Yeah, and you're you're on a key point, right? And in, in in the what's relevant for the customer. And, and let me give you an example of some free services that we've we've created. You know, especially for those ECC customers that are trying to to move to to S4. We we've really looked at it and said, okay, let's take a full customer specific, customer centric approach. And we've developed this report we call SAP Business Scenario Recommendations Report. It's free. It's By the way, there's an older version, which a lot of times customers said, okay, that's not too good. But the newer version, we've, we've actually uh, had that uh, report created for 1,500 customers since October of last year. That's an amazing number, right? And what it does is it looks at their existing ECC system, and it analyzes what problems they're having at a process level. And it provides a perspective by each process on where the potential issues might be, right? Now, some of the issues, customers could say, okay, well, that's not an issue. I can explain it in this manner. But what it does is it starts to funnel the discussion for customers on where is the potential, what I call the big rocks, the big areas that they have a need in that we may be able to help them. And what that report also does is it shows capabilities that are in SF4 that they may or may not be using, and it actually shows their level of usage or non-usage, and that is creates a tip of the arrow where you can really start to have those discussions with IT, with business, to, to identify. Now, what is different about that, right? Well, it's different in that you're powering the customer to have that discussion. It's not a, an SAP interviewing you through a, or a partner interviewing you through, quote, a discover process, right? It's basically providing information to the customer and letting them draw their conclusions, right? When you say the um, best practice for existing ECC customers and you talk um, about the BSR, what, what then comes into it, which is in my opinion an absolutely important best practice, is to um, do a forward-looking discussion in that way that you take these hints from the BSR, not for the never-ending search for deltas, but for um, getting a picture of what are the things you could do but you have not yet done. The problem is, in my experience, that by always sticking into that backward-looking discussion, yeah, you are always um, talking about limitations, about legacy processes as if they are fixed, mm. as if they are like necessary. Sometimes the discussion goes into that direction. There are coming lots of, let's say, elements into it which are quite often not really there, like saying like, ah, this is an industry-specific uh, process, which in many cases it is not, but it's an, a legacy process and it's not 
done that way because uh, your business runs it, but it's the only way um, the legacy system supports. Yeah. And when you now would bring this old stuff into the new S4, into the new um, level, um, you would take non-existent limitations with you. And you avoid that by talking about capabilities, by looking forward. Yeah? And you really try to bring the horsepower to the street. And this is very important, in my opinion. Yeah, without a doubt. And because fundamentally, as we know, the, our S4 HANA, our intelligent ERP, is a new ERP. It has different design of the processes and the way in which we do allow customers to do things. And we also provide a maturity model where we are adding, constantly adding innovations, where we're growing the capability of that process over time with our customers, right? And so, um, but, you know, with this pragmatic approach, you actually get in there, you, you, you start from a customer's eyes, and then you slowly start walking down the discussion of how can we take your already smart process and make it more intelligent over time. But you do it in a stepwise fashion. You don't start with the end game that has says, hey, we want you to be using um, cash application, artificial intelligence, and, and things that they, they know they, they're not ready for right now. You, you allow them to get to that journey. One of the other things that we've, we've developed as a next step, and this is, is, is important back to this customer centricity, is we've actually gamified the approach to discovery, right? And, and I think this goes back to not being a selling, right, but being uh, enabling the buying cycle. And, and what we have is we've developed a cards game. And it's a simple approach where the customer is, can sit down as a team, let's say it's a procurement team, and they can look at where the potential, um, what are the, the business capabilities that are actually available, what value do those drive, what innovations, by the way, are available? That, and that's the first time, by the way, customers really start to get to a tangible level where they understand, okay, this is actually, I understand sourcing and contract management. I understand source assignment. Now I finally understand blockchain in the context of how it accelerates RFP. Nobody from SAP could tell me that, but now you've gamified it where I can learn that simply in a game, right? And the most important thing is going back to that, those key drivers, especially for ECC customers, is the outcome of this game is, yes, what's my roadmap, right? What's my value map? But the outcome is, what is that one KPI that we as a procurement team are going to agree is the KPI that we're going to monitor, baseline, and track as the big improvement area for our, for our process, right? That's the key. And, and the beauty there is you, you gave a report, they did the analysis, they played a game, they, they discovered as a team, right? And it's not the traditional approach that we, 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 we use where we go in and create a big business case, yeah. which a lot of times the customer's like, okay, this looks good, but um, am I really going to connect? Yeah. I, I can't, and and you, you can't connect, especially with the project team, because mm -hmm. remember our friends in IT, Right. Yeah. So a lot of times, what, what SAP and our partners do, we would go create that biz, big business case. We come back to IT and say, "Say here, look, we got the support of the business." And IT is looking at it, going, "Okay, well, I don't know how am I going to deliver that." Right. With this approach, right, you you really make it more customer specific. You really narrow it down to those business outcomes and those impacts 
that everybody agrees to. Yeah. And, and one, one best practice in that way, if you want to individualize the business outcome, is not to jump right immediately, even if you do the strategic talk, and you, this is an important part, that you do not jump right into features and functions discussions. Because features and functions discussions quite often do not really help to like connect to you, because they are, in many cases, too abstract. And the much better way is to talk about capabilities, like you said now. And one prominent capability, I'm always repeating it. If you listen to the podcast, you know that what I'm always talking about is insight to action. This is a capability which is translatable. Mm -hmm. And it's not something like it's a, it's a singular feature or a singular function. But, but you can use this capability to translate for you the benefits for many different lines of businesses. And by this way, and, and talking at that level, like first, what is your strategy? Like for example, um, perfect um, customer experience. What are the necessary capabilities I need to achieve that kind of strategy? And then you can translate this like needed features and needed architecture and needed, let's say, products or applications to achieve this. And, and by, let's say, doing these four steps, you can have with a very pragmatic approach guarantees a customer-specific individual case that the customer understands. Yeah, and, and you nailed it, right? I mean, mm. the, the core differentiation of our intelligent ERP is that it truly gets to a couple of things, real real-time and, and real insight to action, which you know I've been doing this for 25-plus years that we've been talking about for a long time. It's now achievable, yeah. right? And, and what we do is we, with these approaches that we have, is we bring that down to a very tangible level to, to people in different parts of the business, and we start to make it more real for them, right? And so that question of, is there just an IT simplification or is there incremental value, right? We, we really can start to show, look, if, if you're talking about allocation of your available product to, to, your, to your customers, we fundamentally have redesigned our allocated ATP capability so that you can do that in a different way than you do today with ECC plus, you know, the, the, the plus approach, right? And so we've simplified it, we've extended it, and what we can start to show and talk, customers can talk about is, okay, what's the delta between that, right? And, but you talk about it at a business level and not at, a, at an IT level, right? To, to round up this discussion, Imagine the situation a consultant, pre-seller partner, ETC is like five minutes in front of a customer meeting. And in, his, in the back of his mind, he has the one big Bill Bowers message. Mm. What should guide him like the red line which leads him through this workshop? What would be the red line from Bill Bowers to this consultant? What would be the big recommendation? Well, the big recommendation is just to, to, to use real um, ex experiential customer examples of hopefully where we've already delivered value, right? But try to have the customer to um, step in the shoes of that customer example, right? And, and, and really tell the story of how we've delivered that other customers have made them successful, right? Because I think that's the... That's the best way to get um, other customers to, to see what the potential is for them, right? And so my, my guidance to anybody that's working with our customers is to, one, take that customer-centric approach, but, but two, really um, have enough customer stories and enough customer examples 
where they they can self-associate and they can see themselves achieving that same value, right? That's the probably the number one. This is a great one. Thank you very much. As for the last question, when people want to follow you or know more about your pragmatic approaches and so on, about the card game and so on, where can they do that? Yeah, so I'm I'm on uh, uh, Twitter and I'm and I'm also on on um, LinkedIn at William Bill Bowers, and so they can follow me in all those uh, different channels. Expect some traffic. All right, <laughs> excellent. Thank you very much. Thank you. It was great to have you here. We will see you again. Cheers. Have a nice day. Bye bye. Bye bye.